great to have you with us on another edition of the Strip Till Farmer Podcast, brought to you by Yetter Farm Equipment. Evansville, Indiana's Ben Crone won the National Corn Growers Association 2021 National Corn Yield Contest Strip Till, Minimum Till, Mulch Till, Ridge Till, Irrigated Class with nearly 391 bushels per acre. He also broke the state's strip till irrigated corn yield record that same year. How in the world did he do it? Let's find out. Here's Ben Crone. My name is Ben Crone. Uh, I live uh, near Evansville, Indiana, in the very southwest part of Indiana. Uh, me and my family, we actually farm about 2,000 acres. Um, We'd uh, mess around with some strip-till, obviously, and a little bit of no-till and a little bit of conventional till, kind of do a little bit of everything down here. Our ground is kind of all over the place. We run from about a 4 to 5 CEC all the way up to about a 35, and sometimes it's uh, in the same pass, so it uh, makes things a little challenging for us, but uh, we do what we can with it. Now, Ben, how long have you been into farming? Is it a, Are you a second-generation farmer? Uh, yes, yes. My dad actually sold the farm, so I'd be a uh, second generation. Uh, my dad sold our farm uh, back in the 80s, actually, back when, uh, in that time there where farming was pretty rough, um, when he uh, he decided to start for some reason. <laughs> Out of insanity, I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, and, uh, it's it's a family farm, so I guess I've, uh, I'm 32 years old, so I guess I've been farming for about 32 years now. Oh, Maybe wow. 33 if you count when my mom was pregnant with me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. Well, tell us about your strip-till origin story. When did you guys start strip-tilling? Uh, it's been, I don't remember exact year, three, four, maybe years ago or something like that we it always kind of caught our eye a little bit and uh you know i got doing some research and talking to different guys about it and uh you know it seemed to really make sense to us just placing what we need right underneath the plant and kind of from there we it almost it almost kind of sold us on it if we can use the same amount or even less and get the same or more efficiency obviously more efficiency out of it um why why wouldn't we do that yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it's it's worked out well for you guys. I mean, you won the 2021 National Corn Yield Contest Strip-Till Irrigated Class with nearly 391 bushels per acre. And you also, that year, correct me if I'm wrong, you also broke the Indiana Strip-Till Irrigated Corn Yield record as well, correct? Yes. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. That is a big-time accomplishment. Uh, how much did yeah. Strip-Till help you guys get there? Uh, I mean, I really think it's, it's kind of the key in the, in the whole thing. Um, there's, you know, a whole lot to it. And I think just from the, the moment that plant comes out the ground and then through the entirety of its life, it's got fertilizer sitting right there underneath it. It's not having to search for it. It's not having to, you know, branch out just to look for, for nutrients. And when you got that sitting under there, I think that's uh, a lot of the key of the whole thing. And do you use liquid fertilizer? So we do, uh, what we've been strip tilling has actually been dry fertilizer. Uh, and then, uh, we ran a little bit of liquid with it and then we would come back and, uh, uh, for the nitrogen aspect of it, uh, which we did have some nitrogen in, in there too, but, uh, we would come back with Y drops and, uh, Y drop then. And how do you determine how much do you put on? Do you guys do any kind of soil testing or do you do variable, variable rates or what's your nutrient management plan like? No, I tell you, we really don't, we don't really don't variable rate with it at all. And our reason for that is we've worked with some guys, uh, on this and we put out 
the amount of fertilizer that we need for a certain bushel crop that we want to grow. You know, whether you're wanting to grow 180 or 200 or 240, we put out an amount of fertilizer to, to grow that. And we've been able to do it running just a, a flat rate across the entire field. So we really, really don't variable rate with it at all. Gotcha. And then what kind of equipment do you use? What, what's your strip fill bar? Uh, so we've been using a, uh, actually I've been, uh, kind of borrowing one from a friend for several years. I need to get one of my own, but, uh, we've been running a uh, land lover bar. And how, and how's that working for you? You like, like it? I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I, I really like those bars. They've done a good job. Um, I haven't had any issues with them, so I, I can't complain. <laughs> and then, and then what do you use for uh, a planner? Uh, we actually, so I don't know, we're, I guess we're kind of uh, a little odd down here, but we run two white planters and then we run all new Holland tractors. So <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we catch it. Most guys, you know, they talk about green and red, and we catch it from both sides. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in your eyes, what's the key to maximizing yields, or the best way to increase yields, and how and how much does equipment play into that? Having your equipment in good shape is obviously is an absolute key, especially your planter. You know, you can go out there and put all the fertilizer down you need for, you know, a five or 600 bushel crop. If your planter isn't in shape, it's, it's not, you're not going to get it. Um, you know, and that's, that's where it all starts. And even, you know, your strip till rigs and your tractors and everything else. If your equipment is not set how it should be and in good shape, you're you're just not going to get there. I think it's an absolute must. Yeah, can you think of any specific examples or something that people who are listening right now might be not thinking about when trying to make adjustments to their planner? Or what are what are some key adjustments people can make? You know, one one thing I always like to do, even especially on a new planner, because uh, you would think a brand new planner is uh, is going to be perfect coming out of the factory, and that's that's definitely not the case. Um, <laughs> you know, we like to go and when we get, you know, even we still do it, you know, every couple of years after we do it the first time. And uh, we'll take uh, like four by fours and set them underneath our gauge wheels on our planters. And uh, take, uh, you can take a, a ruler or a stack of washers or something like that and set your planter down on that same set of four by fours across all, you know, 12, 16, 24 rows you got. And make sure those things are actually adjusted to where they're all planted in the same depth. You would probably be surprised that there could be a half inch or even more difference across your planer just out of the factory from the uh, depth adjustment not being uh, set quite right. Um, you know, making sure your brushes and your seed meters, uh, if you got plates in your planer, something we don't really think about is checking your plates, make sure they're not warped, make sure they're not worn. You can get air leak, you know, when they get, and things are turning a lot of times down a field, uh, you can, uh, you can get a little wear on them when they get some miles on them little bearings and things that can they can catch and if you got chains on your planer yet you'd be surprised uh just a little bit of roughness in that chain can make your planer go completely erratic so it sounds like the little things really add up and make a difference yes yes they do Let's take some time to thank our sponsor, Yetter Farm Equipment. Yetter is your answer for success in the face of ever-changing crop production challenges. Yetter offers a full lineup of planter attachments like row cleaners, 
closing wheels, and planter-mounted fertilizer equipment. And check out Yetter's highly popular stalk devastators, cover crop rollers, and strip-till equipment. Yetter products help you maximize your inputs, save you time, and deliver a return on your investment. Triple threat. Visit them at getterco.com. That's Y-E-T-T-E-R-C-O.com. Now, back to the podcast. Now, do you build your strips in the fall or the spring? Now, right now, we've been doing them all in the spring. We, uh, I'd like to do some testing with some in the fall. We've got some, uh, some of our ground being a little bit heavier. It's hard for us in the spring to get it down and get it all closed back up by the time we need it to. Uh, if it's a little heavy underneath, especially with us being right by a river, uh, sometimes uh, when you go through there, it can uh, just make a slit and it kind of stays there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'd like to take some some of that kind of ground and uh, start playing around some fall. Which would fall mean uh, maybe trying some different kinds of uh, fertilizers and thing that would overwinter better than uh maybe possibly overwinter better than some other ones in your opinion what's been the biggest advantage uh, to strip tilling the biggest benefit you've noticed i'd say the well i would obviously everybody wants to yield first so i you know obviously the yield we see out of it uh is exceptional um i we're saving money by strip tilling uh by being able to take instead of spreading, you know, an X amount of fertilizer across a 30 inch row. Now we're putting it right under the plant. We have made our fertilizer and especially right now with the last couple of years as high as that's been. Uh, I think that's a major money saver, uh, for all of us. You know, and at the end of the day, it's all dollars and cents. And if we can take what we were doing and make it more efficient and make more money at it and save some money on top of that, I, I don't see how we can beat it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a win-win. Any any kind of um, growing pains that you went through when you switched to strip tiller? Was it a pretty seamless transition? Uh, it, it for the most part was pretty seamless. Uh, just uh, you know, learning a new piece of equipment. You know how that can go. Uh, <laughs> it can always be a, a little bit of trial and error and challenges. But you know, if you, you got some guys around, you can call and ask some questions. Uh, most of the time, they can walk you right through anything you need. Uh, and I, but for the most part, honestly, really has been pretty pretty seamless thing. Uh, I had concerns at first about being able to keep the planter on top of it, you know, and just making sure my AB lines and everything's matched. And uh, I uh, dropped a planter in the ground the first time, and it's like it just, it felt those spots. It grabbed right into them and was staying dead center. And I was like, wow, well, this is going a lot better than I thought it might. <laughs> Yeah, so, sounds like it was. A, it went well right off the bat. Now you you said yeah. so. I'm, I'm assuming you you strip till corn. Do you no till soybeans, or how does that work with your rotation? We uh, a lot of times we do no till uh, our soybeans, but we've gone. We've got a chopping corn head, so we're in. Uh, we've been trying to figure out residue management because when you got a, you know, especially if you're averaging 200, 240, or even higher bushel corn, that's a lot of fodder you leave on the ground. And then you take a chopping head, you dice it up, and it makes a real nice mat over winter. <laughs> and uh, we've had some issues trying to get things dried out. Uh, this fall, we did take a uh, disc. Uh, lightly to a lot of our corn stalks just to try and get them worked and moved around some and uh, see if that helps uh, you know trying just different things to try and deal with that anything new you're looking to uh, 
implement in 2023 or in the in the years to come any kind of new technology or, or equipment or strategies you're thinking about using? Uh, you know, we uh, well, well, we're looking, we are looking for a Denver planter and a couple of tractors right now, and uh, we all kind of know how that market is, and there's a uh, little bit of a challenge there. So we're keeping an eye out for some tractors and uh, a new corn planter, and then uh, you know something as far as fertilizer this year, uh, we've completely switched away from potash, went to uh, potassium sulfate. Um, I've, you know, we've been. I've had some friends of mine. We've been doing some testing and trial and things, and I think that's going to be a big thing for us this year is switching over to the potassium sulfate. Um, I'm hoping we're going to really see a lot out of that. And then, uh, you know, other things, there's always something I feel like, and I, sometimes it's not always on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> yeah, always something new to try. The potassium sulfate, that's a pretty big switch. What was the motivation for that? You know, I just we've gone years and years and years of spreading potash and uh you know we did a i did on my own i did a two or three year trial of just going out and trying to put as much potash you know down as we can and keep doing it keep doing it and uh, the numbers just weren't moving like i thought they should um you know a lot of guys uh, you know they try to uh, slow release, I think, is the favorite word of the industry. Of uh, oh, it's slow release. Well, I guess if it never releases, it make it pretty slow release. <laughs> and so I, uh, I was getting kind of tired of not seeing anything move. And you know, we I talked to some guys, different friends, and things about it. And I think I said, you know what? I think we're just going to jump ship, make the switch. And uh, I'm hoping from there. I'm hoping. Uh, time next year i can uh talk to you again and i can tell you that it worked <laughs> yeah I, I hope so yeah we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll plan on meeting back up for a conversation uh next year at this time but um yeah yeah i think that pretty much covers it any other tips or pieces of advice you want to add in case there's a, a first time strip tiller listening or maybe a veteran strip tiller who's looking to learn something new you know i if uh for, for the new guys the guys out there wondering and thinking about it all I can say is do it. You're not going to regret it. Just go and do it. And for the veteran guys out there, if, you know, you've been running the same mix for, you know, the last 10 or 15 years, try throwing something different in there. Try something different with it. Something you you haven't done before, uh, you know, whether you, you switch from your potash to your potassium sulfate or go from DAP to MAP or, you know, MESC or even throwing something with uh, maybe a little bit of boron or something like that in there. Um, make sure you're playing around uh, with your different depths. If you've been at the same depth for 10 years now, maybe try playing with some depths again to make sure that you're still in the right spot and where you think you need to be at. And that'll wrap things up for another edition of the Strip Till Farmer Podcast brought to you by Yetter Farm Equipment. Great stuff from Ben Crone. We really appreciate him taking the time to join us during a busy time of his year. And as always, thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Until next time, for all things Strip Till, head to striptillfarmer.com. Have a great day.